Welcome to Rock Talk, the podcast where a couple of jabronis get to know the movie roles of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm Jordan Rummel, joined as always by my co-host and good friend, Charlie Guile. Charlie, how you doing? Doing really well. The White House Correspondence Center was this weekend in D.C. People are very upset about it. People are talking about it. Uh, meanwhile, I had to watch this really crappy movie. So I'm doing a little worse than Michelle Wolf this week. Yeah, I was uh, I was in Las Vegas this past weekend, and I got to tell you, this movie was a real downer. <laughs> so you saw a lot of casinos. So you like basically you lived this movie. Is that is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I'll tell you what. It's a little bit harder to get a two by four into a casino than Dwayne Johnson makes it appear in this movie. <laughs> it seemed uh, like an odd <laughs> choice. I mean, we'll talk about it, but uh, yeah, this movie. A little foreshadowing was a little difficult to watch in kind of an interesting way, something we haven't seen before, but uh, we'll get to it. But before that, of course, it's time for our rock news of the week. Mazel, that's fantastic news. First and foremost, I think we need to talk about something that everyone's talking about this week, and that is this battle between Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson on Instagram. What yes. do you think about it, Jordan? I think it's really, really funny. It is the greatest thing I've seen on Instagram in, like, months. I I can't get over seeing these guys have little, like, little baby faces. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. It's really funny. Uh, you know, if you don't know what we're talking about, basically Dwayne Johnson superimposed Kevin Hart's face on his newborn baby daughter. Uh, <laughs> and it's just really funny looking. Uh, it's the picture. It's the same picture as when he announced that his girlfriend had had the baby. So it's like this little baby press against Dwayne Johnson's shirtless chest. A place that, honestly, Jordan, you and I would love to be. Uh, Put my face between those pecs. <laughs> also, this is what drives me insane, right? Like, who is the Photoshop guy Dwayne Johnson has on his team that did this? And how come you or I have not been approached <laughs> to do it? I would love that. That would be the best job in the world. Honestly, get us on that Dwayne. Uh, <laughs> so Dwayne Johnson's the one who started it. And Kevin Hart retaliated with a similar picture. Which one do you think is better? Honestly, I think DJ's is much better. I think that I think his is better too. Kevin Hart is hilarious because it has this like crazy screaming Dwayne Johnson face, but the, for some reason, the one that Dwayne Johnson has of Kevin Hart, it just looks so like so like peaceful and adorable. Yeah, and my thing is like, where did this come from? How did this start? I mean, shots fired out of nowhere. To me, it just seems like these guys have a really great dynamic. Obviously, they had a lot of fun making Central Intelligence and Jumanji. I'm just glad that these guys really have a bromance. You know, they say that opposites attract, and you can't get much more opposite than Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson. And uh, another thing that we have to talk about is the Undefeated.com, the ESPN offshoot, published a story today about Dwayne Johnson's time at the University of Miami playing football. Uh, the title of the article is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, colon, baller or nah? Uh, and they checked out whether Dwayne Johnson could really play football at the University of Miami. It's kind of a long read. They talked to a lot of people he played football with. Honestly, it's the most in-depth thing I've ever seen on Dwayne Johnson as it relates to football. But basically what they come down to is, you know, he was actually a pretty solid player. He didn't get a lot of starts. His uh, last year at Miami, he actually only started once, but he appeared in a lot of other games. 
So he wasn't a starter, but he contributed. Yeah, this was a lot of fun to read, especially because, like you said, the most that we ever get of Dwayne Johnson's football career is usually in bits and pieces and snippets in movies like Fast and Furious, where he's usually watching himself on TV as kind of a little self-aware cameo. But in this article, we get to actually see him like make a few plays, including this one pretty savage tackle on what I believe is a, a former Heisman winner. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, I think he was defensive end, and he gets around. Uh, the offensive line and really sacks the quarterback out of nowhere. Um, it's really interesting to hear this sort of side of Dwayne Johnson, you know, sort of the before they were famous story. We don't get a ton of those for Dwayne Johnson because he's been famous for so long. But it's really interesting to see people talking about, you know, the teenage Dwayne Johnson. And the last thing we have to talk about this week is today, as we're recording this, we're recording this on the Wednesday, the day before we put it out. It's Dwayne Johnson's birthday. Happy birthday, DJ. Uh, happy birthday, Dwayne. And honestly, it's almost happy birthday Rock Talk because the first time we ever recorded an episode was about two or three weeks before we put out the first three episodes of Rock Talk. And the first piece of news we ever talked about on Rock Talk was Dwayne Johnson's birthday. Yeah, just like we planned it. Uh, <laughs> um, would you believe that Dwayne Johnson is 46 years old? 46, man. I mean... Honestly, when you take away all the hair, uh, he looks younger than he does maybe now because, you know, now he's got that salt and pepper beard. He's really growing, you know, uh, distinguished, I would say. That to me, if he ran for president, he would totally have to keep a little salt and pepper beard. Have we, what's the last time that we had a bald president? Oh man, I don't know if anyone's really committed to the fully bald thing. Was it was Dwight Eisenhower? Was he I, was he bald? I don't know why he just to me he's got a bald face in my memory. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but uh, when you compare Dwayne Johnson's age to some people in his uh, sort of circle, Vin Diesel is four years older than Dwayne Johnson. Can you believe Vin Diesel's fifty years old? Jeez, yeah, that's upsetting to hear. I don't like that at all. <laughs> well, The Undertaker is fifty three, and he looks. 10 years older than that. Well, The Undertaker, I mean, I just we just watched WrestleMania, Charlie. He did not look great. Oh, no. WrestleMania. To me, that was a he was kind of dragging along there. Didn't he get a hip replacement recently? So this is his first wrestling event after his hip replacement. So this is sort of it was supposed to be his comeback and something we didn't really talk about, I don't believe on the podcast. Jordan, you went to WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, I went to WrestleMania, all right. How was that experience? Uh, it was really fun. Um, I was up in the nosebleeds, pretty much against the wall of the Superdome in New Orleans. Gotta say, pretty exciting show, but the real highlight, and this is surprising, it's someone that we have talked about on this show, uh, Ronda Rousey, was by and large the most fun aspect of WrestleMania, uh, and I am, I, I am as shocked, I'm so shocked to be saying that, but she was fantastic. I thought she was great. Uh, the Undertaker was underwhelming. I I was really disappointed that The Rock didn't make an appearance. I was, I mean, I was pretty much positive he was going to come out. I mean, we had Rampage was only like a week away at that point. So it, to me, it was such an obvious, obvious pull for him to come make some kind of cameo. But nothing. nothing. No. What a heartbreak. No, I mean, even though he posted on Instagram that morning that he was like in China doing Rampage tour or rampage press availabilities 
I still thought that that was like a like a misdirect, and that he would show up. Oh, that's Dwayne John. That's the Rock's music. <laughs> I was just waiting for that the whole time watching this. I'm so jealous you got to go. Glad you had a good time. Uh, but I think it's about time to discuss the movie that we are talking about this week. That's right, Charlie. We are talking about Walking Tall, and that means it's time for Daddy to go to work. Daddy's got to go to work. That's right. Today we are discussing Walking Tall, a 2004 action crime thriller. It's a PG-13 movie uh, directed by a guy named Kevin Bray. Uh, Charlie, I, I would guess that's not a name that's particularly familiar. And the reason for that is because the, before this movie, he mostly made his money directing Whitney Houston music videos. So <laughs> kind of a strange wait, jump. Wait, to wait, make. wait, 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 wait. He did music videos and then he took on an action movie? The, okay, the last thing that he did before Walking Tall was a Luther Vandross from Luther with Love video <laughs> documentary. And he went from that, a Jennifer Lopez music video, uh, one episode of the Bernie Mac show, and a Whitney Houston music video. And then he made Walking Tall. Wow. Okay. Well, that's not entirely surprising because this movie is not that much longer than a music video. <laughs> I mean, this movie is, what is it, like a solid hundred, like uh, hour and 25 minutes long. I counted. The opening credits last until eight minutes into the movie. And then the closing credits start at one hour and 14 minutes in. So really, we only get about an hour and, what, seven minutes of actual movie? Yeah, to call this an 85-minute-long movie is such a misnomer. I I couldn't believe that the credits started when they did, because there was... There's it seemed like, like there was at least 10 more minutes of movie left. Or at least, yeah, at least 10 more minutes, in it and maybe, maybe a, you know, some kind of resolution to the film. Maybe <laughs> an ending. Maybe something would be nice. Um, but we'll get to that soon. Uh, the writer of this movie was a guy named David Class. Uh, he is not, not surprisingly, he didn't really do much after Walking Tall. Uh, he made a movie called Kiss the Girls in 97, a movie called, a TV movie called Runaway Virus. So the writer of this movie doesn't really have anything going for him either. This was kind of his first big film. Uh, and I'm, Charlie, I gotta say, I'm not, not too surprised that he didn't do much after. No, no, me either. But one quick second. We have a little bit of breaking news. I've been just sent this post from a mutual friend of ours, Helena. Maybe eventually she'll come on the show and talk about a movie with us. Elizabeth Warren just updated her Instagram, and it's the cover sheet of a baller script. And 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 the caption is, Happy birthday to my favorite actor and not-so-secret crush, The Rock. I keep this on my desk in Washington. Remember to stay ballin'. Send my love to your beautiful family. All It's got signatures of the writers and Dwayne Johnson. His note to her uh, is, Senator Warren, much uh, mahalo for loving our show. Stay ballin', Dwayne Johnson. Wow. P.S. Thank Bruce, too. I don't know who Bruce is, but... And we've talked, I think, a little bit in the past about how Senator Warren loves ballers, but this is the first time I've seen anything directly from Elizabeth Warren about it. You know, she's just getting in on the birthday love. That is crazy. 
Oh my gosh! First of all, I gotta say thank you to our our uh, Senate our Senate correspondent Helena Contes for pulling that <laughs> little story out of nowhere. That is incredible. I to me, I I'm smelling a an Elizabeth Warren Dwayne Johnson candidacy. I'm seeing I I shipped that partnership right away. So, uh, what did you think about Walking Tall? Just in general, do you have any general thoughts? Anything interesting that sticks out to you? For me. I think it's kind of interesting that I don't know if you caught this, but there is a very brief cameo and it's the first movie appearance by How I Met Your Mother's Kobe Smulders. Where was she? She's in, um, you know, when Dwayne Johnson pulls over the Porsche with uh, the bad casino owner, the Uh woman in the car is Kobe Smulders and she's wearing some very 2003, 2004 rose tinted sunglasses. Got it. Wow, a little How I Met Your Mother cameo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, honestly, that's about as interesting as this movie gets. Charlie, I'm with you. This movie, my first impression is that it didn't make much of an impression. It, it First of all, it goes by so quickly, as we've already touched upon that. There's no time to ever develop you know, feelings or thoughts or any kind of a care, really, about what's going on in this movie. And then by the time we get to the third sequence, it's like these sort of like three surreal action sequences that, you know, they don't tie up any loose ends. I have a lot of problems with them. So I don't know. I I am kind of underwhelmed uh, for Walking Tall. And this is a movie that I had heard a lot about. And this came one year after the rundown. So I was sort of expecting a continuation of rundown-esque filmmaking. But I don't think that this was that at all. Yeah, I mean, our buds over at What You Gonna Do podcast, they covered this movie uh, for our Halloween podcast swap where we talked about No Holds Barred and they talked about Walking Tall. They didn't love this movie either. I thought that maybe they were being a little hard on it, but it turns out at the end of the day, maybe they kind of hit the nail on the head. Do you have like a little plot summary for us, Jordan? Yeah, let me give you just uh, a boiled down plot summary of Walking Tall. When decorated military officer Chris Vaughn, played by The Rock, returns to his hometown in the state of Washington to find work, he finds that the old lumber mill has closed, and the town's big business is now a seedy casino operated by one of his old schoolmates. Aided by his loyal friend, Chris Vaughn tries to make a stand against the area's crime and corruption, but finding no help from the police, he must take matters into his own hands. So this is basically a story of one guy taking on, you know, kind of these corrupt dudes that have come in and took taken over his his old town. You know, the movie doesn't do a great job of explaining. Like for me, it took me a, I don't I still don't really understand what the corruption is. No, the plot summary that you just read doesn't leave a whole lot out. You know, it was about three sentences long and they pretty <laughs> much got everything. It's just it takes a second to I to play this out on screen. But really, it's essentially about a man coming home from war to see that the town that he grew up in is now run by a corrupt casino. He takes matters into his own hands, uh, goes on trial, then becomes a sheriff, and then basically does the same thing again, but ends up coming out on top. That's essentially what it is. And it was like, it was like time jump, time jump, time jump. Like I never knew like when things were happening. Like, the first 45 minutes of this movie, there's like an entire trial that goes by. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> so, so many. Basically, the first 40, 45 minutes of this movie is an origin story. Suddenly, he gets elected sheriff, and there's only like 20 more minutes left, 25 more minutes left. And that really should just be the first act of this movie. And the rest of it should be, I don't know, coming up with a plan, then executing the plan, and then dealing with the consequences. But that's not really the way this movie is structured. As much as I didn't love this movie, I got to say, Dwayne Johnson, I thought, was doing okay. Yeah, he was absolutely pulling his weight. Uh, it's it's super clear that there was not a lot to work with. He's up. He's paired up with Johnny Knoxville, which, again, I know we talk about it every single week. You got to put Dwayne Johnson up with someone dynamic. And Johnny Knoxville, I think, was putting the work in, but like... It came across so weird. He had some accent that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, oh, I don't but know. But Knoxville I'd... only has like 10 lines in this movie. He comes in at the very beginning and then he comes back middle of the movie when Dwayne Johnson becomes sheriff. Then he hires his buddy. Basically, this movie is essentially about untreated PTSD and corrupt local officials. Yes. Like I have a hard exactly time it. rooting for Dwayne Johnson in this movie. No, that's so. I mean, if his whole problem is that the casino has taken over the town in place, you know, the lumber mill used to be Dwayne Johnson's father's. So I get that he has an emotional connection to the lumber mill. But all that we're shown is that the lumber mill closed and everybody is now, but everyone in the town now has jobs at the casino. Right. Like, it seems like six of one, half a dozen of the other. Honestly, I'd rather work at a casino than a lumber mill anyway. Yeah, a little less dangerous. A right. Little less, well, know, later on splinters. in the movie, we see those crazy, like, 10 feet tall saw blades. Yeah, like, this is what we were saying. Finally, we finally make it into the lumber mill with, like, five minutes left to go in this movie. And the lumber mill is cool. Lumber mill's got trap doors, <laughs> saw blades. We should have been in the lumber mill, like, 30 minutes into this film. Right. It should have been more like a set piece in the lumber mill of uh, a fight between Dwayne Johnson and somebody that matches up physically with him. And something that we haven't talked about yet, but I would like to, is the bad guy in this movie just does not seem imposing. He doesn't really even seem like a bad guy. No, he's just a guy who owns a casino. He's one of Dwayne Johnson's like old dad. friends. Yeah, he's just a dad. He plays... There's a. There's like a... 15-minute scene of them all playing football. Oh, my gosh. I could talk about the football scene for so long. They devote as much football time in this movie as they do, like, the pivotal last, like, third-act fight. Also, here's the thing that I have a real problem with is that, as we've we've mentioned that there's a trial, at, at the trial, Dwayne Johnson is basically, it's like his word against this seedy casino um, because he goes in there at one point with a two by four and like breaks the crap out of all these casino machines because he has it in his mind that they sold drugs to his like little cousin. Okay. Was, we need to go like, back and there's talk so about many that. things yeah, yeah. happening. <laughs> first of all, let's take this beat by beat. One of the first things that we see when he comes home from war to this small Washington state town is he like meets back up with his family, his sister, presumably his sister gives him the weirdest hug. Did you oh. notice that? It, well, it was so. First of all, with I her thought legs, were, he picks yes, her up and it she was a wrap. Her legs around him. Well, that's, I thought that they were. I thought they were boyfriend girlfriend. That was my my initial. But her, like, but her son is his nephew. Oh yeah, and and 
and her son is zero from holes. <laughs> zero from holes, yeah. Which is distracting, okay? <laughs> well, that's your Shia LaBeouf fandom coming out. <laughs> <laughs> We're, I, have we talked about Shia LaBeouf in every episode of Rock Dog? I feel like we have. We have, and we will continue to do so. <laughs> do our duty. <laughs> and then, so after we meet his little cousin uh, and his sister, then we meet Johnny Knoxville, who is... I believe like a, a recovering recover- recovering alcoholic, right? But yes, but why do they make such a big deal of that? It never comes into play, not once. Was Johnny Knoxville like in real life getting clean at this point? Oh, I have no idea. So I I think this may have been a real life thing trickling into the movie, which the movie is worse off for because they spend a lot of time talking about how he was in a band and went crazy, and now he's back in a small town, but he's gotten clean. Did you notice how everyone in this little town, when they meet each other for the first time, they do this weird thing where, like, they're negative to each other, and then it's a, it's like a fake out, and then they're like, then they, like, high five and smile. like. <laughs> so this movie is just, like, people sizing each other up over and over and over. Yeah, like, it happens, it happens, like, five times in the first 20 minutes with his sister, with Zero, with Johnny Knoxville, with the bad guy. Like, he he keeps doing it with everyone he meets. It's so unsettling. That's so funny. So he meets everyone, and then we have, like, his old high school buddies, like, they want to play football. And we get this backstory about how he hurt his knee uh, in the war, and so his knee is sore playing football. I mean, they devote, like, 10 minutes to this football scene. It's essentially like touch football, but they are like going all out. It's brutal. Most of the special effect budget in this movie must have gone to slow-mo shots. To a pickup football game. And why were there like the most unrealistic thing about this movie is that he went home to his high school and had like 25 friends to play football with. Maybe that's the way it works in Washington State. I don't know. I mean, I try to play some pickup basketball on the weekends here, and it's a struggle getting like four or five guys together. Meanwhile, they, it's like seven-on-seven seven football. Right. They have offensive lines. <laughs> I know. And, like, there's so much, like, camera time devoted to people blocking each other. It's so weird. And meanwhile, a crowd has gathered in the stands, including his nephew, Zero, who's smoking weed. Although we don't see that. It's just referenced later. Right. We There is not a single shot of Zero doing anything other than, like, rooting for... Dwayne Johnson and then Dwayne Johnson comes off the field and is immediately so mean to him yeah he's just like good game he's like yeah well next time don't be smoking weed up in the stands (laughs) it's like dude this is like you're back in town for the first time in eight years and you're already lecturing your nephew it's so upsetting but we find out that it was probably a good idea that he lectured him because zero <laughs> ODs on crystal meth. That is really what sets this whole movie in motion is that like they have to call the ambulance and the, the, like the funniest line. I don't know exactly what his mom says, but Dwayne Johnson effectively says he's like, what happened? She goes, it was crystal meth. And meanwhile, zero is like 12 years old. Yeah, zero is a child. <laughs> and also I left so hard. Oh, it is the most shocking thing I've ever seen in a movie. Like, this all, all, everything that we've discussed so far happens in the first, like, 15 minutes of this movie. Like, it's just one after another. It's, this happens right after, like, right after 
he tells him not to smoke weed. Like Zero effectively goes <laughs> off and, and ODs on crystal meth. Essentially, yeah, this movie is <laughs> confirming that marijuana is a gateway drug that'll lead to crystal meth. Jeff Sessions would love this movie. Oh my god. It really did feel like an after school special for like yeah. the first half. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, this movie is pretty much already cut to be shown on cable. Should we talk about the casino scene where Dwayne Johnson goes to the casino for the first time? Yeah, uh, I like I this is we get to he goes to the Wild Cherry Casino and this is the casino owned by one of his old friends. Um, It is it's pretty funny, Charlie. I don't know about you. For some reason, it made me think of when we went to that bar Woody's in Maine. It had the similar like wood paneling, like low ceiling. Yeah, you're right. It's almost like a cabin. So the backstory here is like Jordan and I went on a hiking trip in Maine. We went to this small town, went to a restaurant, and we said, hey, what do people do here on a Friday night? And the waitress told us, oh, you should go to this place called Woody's. We had no idea what it was. Turns out it's like this weird like uh, bar slash dance club slash bonfire place slash <laughs> apparently strip club. And that's kind of what this place was. I mean, granted... We didn't see any strippers because they weren't there. Uh, Nobody was there besides us. We just ended up playing pinball. But in this casino, while people are playing roulette, there are like strippers. There's like a wet t-shirt contest going on. There's a wet t-shirt contest above all of the machines. It is so strange. It was insane. You're right to call it Woody's because it very much reminds me of what I imagine Woody's was like on a crazy night. Uh, Except it has something that I guarantee you Woody's does not have, and that is, like, an underground siloed, like, strip room. No, that place was so creepy. It was like a scene out of Hostel where they torture people. (laughs) Basically, it's like a private show. It's like a private dance at at a strip club, but instead of, like... A, like somebody just taking you into a back room and dancing for you there was like a full stage a theme and the theme here was like firemen <laughs> yeah, it was is like, that like a common <laughs> fantasy that people want to see on stage right for a private strip show this stripper was wearing a lot of equipment <laughs> like, oh there uh, people uh, honestly i respect that there was an art form going on here <laughs> <laughs> but here's one thing i did not like at all was the amount of times the camera cut to Dwayne Johnson's face. <laughs> and he's like making like, oh, like, oh, Un- like uncomfortable faces. <laughs> like so many quick cuts. It's like two second cut to the stripper, two second cut to Dwayne, two, like back and forth, back and forth for a couple of minutes. And one thing that we learned besides the fact that Dwayne Johnson probably, I think the idea, the implication here is that he has like a, like a boner. And he has to oh, keep yeah. shifting around in the seat, <laughs> uh, which is like the craziest thing. We also learn very soon after that they used to date that Dwayne Johnson knows this person that's dancing for him. And she does not realize it's him until the very end. And she storms off stage. But the whole time he like knows her. That right. seems crazy. Which is so creepy. Like, again, yes. doesn't make you want to root for this guy who's just like staring at his old ex-girlfriend like watching her strip and not saying anything <laughs> but that doesn't register at all on his face no oh n- no and then even when she storms out and leaves he kind of does like a like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really like, played a good joke on her 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he leaves that and he goes and gambles. And it so he goes to a craps table. Turns out the dealer's playing with loaded dice and Dwayne Johnson tries to bust him for it. There's this big fight. Um, it's really the first big fight of the movie. And we see Dwayne Johnson essentially like, rather than like reporting a, a crooked dealer to like the staff, he like takes matters into his own hands and like tries to punch this guy's lights out. Seriously, he flips out. Like, no normal human being would react like this. He ends up, he gets tased in the neck at one point. Then like, there is no effect. No, he just pulls it off of him. <laughs> is this With, the beginning of Dwayne Johnson, uh, colon, superhero? Like, where oh, things yeah. just don't phase him? Where well, he can get is... shot and rampage and then go on fighting beasts for another 40 minutes? Or in this movie, he breaks his leg and is okay? Seriously, I mean, if the rundown was the movie before this, this is like part of that origin of Dwayne Johnson becoming this mythical creature. Um, and you can this I think that you can see a lot of the of the rundowns influence in this first action sequence where there's like, you know, kind of crazy shots of like of like pool cues and like sort of weird slow-mo. And yeah, he's using props to beat people up, beat up like an entire crowd. But whereas the rundown was stylish and you could really track what was going on, and it moved. This, to me, just felt like he punches this guy, then he punches this guy, then he takes a uh, a pool cue, and he breaks it over this guy's back, and then, I don't know, it just didn't really seem to have much of a narrative to it. Meanwhile, the wet t-shirt contest goes on. Oh, it, it pauses for <laughs> nothing. For nothing. They have a job to do, and they're going to do it. Honestly, <laughs> true professionals. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> God, and then at the end of this fight, though, Dwayne Johnson ends up getting taken into some, like, like dark back room of the casino. And it's like a bunch of these sort of, like, henchmen are, are with him, and they're all pissed at him for, like, breaking all the stuff. And then do they – okay, do they steal an organ? What do they do no. from him back No, here? they just cut up his chest with a box cutter. I mean – but it's like oddly, like tonally, it shifts. This movie shifts from being like a straight action movie to like, it's almost like like Reservoir Dogs. Something just like weirdly brutal. But then it shifts right back to the regular action movie. So like I said, tonally, this movie's so uneven that it's hard to like kind of get settled and just sit down and watch it. Yeah, I mean, right after this scene where he gets, you know, we see him get carved up. We then get like a what feels like a fifteen minute montage of Dwayne Johnson and Johnny Knoxville sitting on a couch as that he re- was so recovers. Weird. I mean, yes. it's supposed to signify the passage of time, like his recovery, but it's like almost like they wanted to turn this into a bromance. So, but this is the first time we've seen Johnny Knoxville in like thirty minutes, and then then he disappears for another twenty before then he's like put on the police squad. Which again, you know, we'll get there, but it makes, again, makes no sense. I mean, it's just. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what happens is Dwayne Johnson gets charged, as he should be, honestly, for like yes. fighting all these oh. people in a public place. So, you know, the justice system absolutely works in this, in this way. And so he gets charged. And so he ends up going to trial in which he fires his lawyer halfway through the trial. Which is yeah. also a terrible, real bold, real yeah, bold, a terrible decision. Like representing yourself is like the worst decision you could make during a trial, and he does it, and he succeeds because he convinces the rest of the town that the the casino owner is corrupt. Because like at this point, 
we don't really like we never see any of that no the audience is like he doesn't seem that bad like they're may they're very well maybe bad actors in the casino but at this moment there's no evidence that the guy who runs it has anything to do with it he even comes to dwayne johnson when he's recovering with a stack of cash and an offer for a job saying here's some money if you need to get back on your feet and also you know i want to clean up my own casino come be my head of security like I have to say we have no reason to believe like that the casino owner is part of the trouble here. Right. He just owns the place. I mean, I guess it's implied that they're moving drugs in and out of the casino, but Dwayne Johnson is offered a chance to clean it up and really give back to his community and he turns him down. Yeah. Honestly, I- <laughs> Dwayne Johnson is so hard to root for in this movie. But apparently the people in this town disagree with us, Charlie, because he immediately after winning his court case runs and is victorious in a campaign to become the new sheriff. Which is which... like a two minute montage. <laughs> yeah, we don't it happens actually, immediately. I would have loved to see a campaign because honestly, it would be really interesting to look at now and to see, oh, how would Dwayne Johnson fare in a campaign? Because there's so much speculation about his political career uh, or his political future. But we don't get any of that. We just get like, Another cut in time right after he won. And then he fires everybody in the police department because they're all corrupt. He hires just Johnny Knoxville. That's the only person we see. Well, this is what drives me crazy. It's like he he throws out the entire corrupt police force and then immediately hires his best friend with no police experience. Which is also corrupt. (laughs) Right. It's like, what are you doing, bud? Right. He has no reason to hire Johnny Knoxville. Uh, one thing I do have to say for Johnny Knoxville is he really doesn't look like he's aged at all. Oh, no. No. He... It's been like 15 years since this movie, and he looks great. He's about to be in a movie. I forget what it's called, but like, uh, yeah, he looks great. So good for you, Johnny. Um, I will say one thing I liked about this Dwayne Johnson as sheriff bit is that we get to see him in a lot of like baggy Wrangler jeans. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that's what he wears in real life when he's not working out. You know that one, uh, was it Esquire shoot where he's out with, that we talked about a couple weeks ago, where he's out with the dog in the pickup truck and the Sure, in the yeah, field? it looked great in that. That's exactly what I want to see from Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I guess so. I guess now we get this scene of him. He pulls over the casino owner. And, and Colby Smulders. And, that's right. That's right. And Robin. <laughs> um, and then immediately threatens him and then beats the crap out of his taillight yeah. with a two by four. Meanwhile, this like we have not seen any evidence that this casino owner is actually bad. Like on like honestly it seems like Dwayne Johnson's operating on a hunch. Yes, absolutely a hunch. And then he then proceeds to go with Johnny Knoxville on this hunch and like we get another another montage of him storming like every person who ever worked at the casino he like going through their house and like beating them up with a two without a search warrant unconstitutional and i still i still actually don't understand exactly what they do here because they take one guy in particular and then we get another montage and this one's long this like a like a seven minute montage of dwayne johnson and johnny knoxville like completely disassembling his car oh i forgot about that basically they tie this guy up hold him against his will without charging him with anything. And like, what can you do? How how can you torture this guy? Well, he's some country bumpkin from the middle of nowhere in the middle of Washington. What can you do to him? Take apart his truck? 
Right. What a weird interrogation <laughs> method. And it it goes on for there's like weird bouncy music in the background. Yeah. Like it's so and and then I don't know, like they were trying to get him to talk, but like he never does, does he? You no, know, he never gives up anything. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this whole like 10 minute long scene in a movie that really is, I'm not joking, really is an hour and 10 minutes long. It's criminal. Like, this is valuable narrative time that they could be using. Meanwhile, they're taking apart this car. I don't know. I mean, I understand that there are like alternate scenes. There's actually an alternate ending on the DVD, which is something that you and I, I don't think, you didn't buy the DVD. You ordered it on Amazon, right? Correct. This was yeah, Amazon. So I, I have no access to that either. So who knows what that actually, you know, what that alternate ending is. But their time could have been used so much better. And that's why I really blame the directing of this movie. And it doesn't surprise me that the director of this movie doesn't really do movies. He does music videos. Uh, We should definitely talk about the explicit sex scene. Oh, geez. It really grossed me out. It comes out of nowhere. There's so much tongue. Ugh. So Dwayne Johnson and the stripper girl, what's her name? Denny? Yeah, Denny. Yeah, Denny. Denny. Uh, They end up like, having sex in the police station am i right yeah well this is again this also inappropriate no he's just like i said acting like one after the other he's making the wrong choice and he also he's holding that guy hostage still yeah that, <laughs> like that guy that they just ripped up his truck he's now just in a cell in the station and now dwayne johnson's having sex with this old high school flame so gross and also it, they make it pretty clear when they first meet up at the station that they haven't seen each other in a while because she says something like, yeah, I quit my job, you know, starting a new, turning a new leaf, which so that there's, you know, it's been a while since they've interacted, but then she takes out Tupperware and she's like, I brought you some food, uh, which also, I don't know how she knew he was there. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, the quickest way to Dwayne Johnson's heart and wiener is food. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, do you think there was cod in that Tupperware? No. You break out the cod and suddenly it's like, oh, baby, it's on. Give me this smoked <laughs> fish has ignited something deep within me. Honestly, I think that the sex scene was really an excuse to just get her in a bra for the last 20, 25 minutes of the movie. Yep. She oh, is in absolutely. a bra toting a gun. Yeah, I, I actually I think that's exactly what this was. Uh, because there's no other reason for it. We don't have a real reason to care about them as a couple. Uh, and like you, God, Charlie, the sec- it's so gross. It's like, it's like weird close-up fades and a lot of mouth. It's just so nasty. <laughs> Super gross. But essentially, you know, uh, the casino owner has a bunch of henchmen that are going to come bust this guy out of the jail and Dwayne Johnson and Johnny Knoxville are the only two people to stand up to them. So we get like the last 15, 20 minutes of this movie is them fighting back against probably like four or five guys. And it's constant gunshots for like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Everyone in this movie seems to have just just ammo racks all around their shoulders. It's just machine gun, machine gun, machine gun, bullet. The amount of bullet holes that are punched <laughs> through the wall. Of it this literally sh- looks like Swiss cheese. It is God. crazy. Um, but I guess something we should say is Dwayne Johnson's 
at the police station and Johnny Knoxville is at Dwayne Johnson's house where people have gone after Zero and Dwayne Johnson's mom and dad and sister. Uh, so Knoxville is like fighting them off. Dwayne is fighting off the guys trying to break out or break into the uh, trying to break into the police station. But this- all of a sudden we see Dwayne Johnson in one scene finish off the guys at the police station and seconds later is in his house. Yeah. We don't know how he got there is, but basically it was all for this joke of where Johnny Knoxville accidentally punches Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. And that's the whole purpose of that. And we never see the girl again. It's just like, she's just in her bra with that gun with all these dead bodies around her at the police station. (laughs) She is scarred for life. She will have to go undergo years of therapy which, you know, this movie is essentially a movie about untreated PTSD and veterans. Yes. And the horrors that can happen, like, when you don't address your mental health. <laughs> because Seriously, there's a serious reading of this movie. There is a exists. body count that piles up for no reason. And honestly, if Dwayne Johnson really would have just, like, you know, reported to the proper authorities, then not all this would have been avoided. And this, I gotta say, I have a real issue with this final, like, gunfight that we get. Because... You know, we, we, you know, conceivably, if the casino owner runs the town uh, and he knows that Dwayne Johnson is on to him or something like that, why would you only send five total guys? Like, send like 30 guys, like, get the job done. Like, right. Make sure it happens. But, like, these are all like dads, essentially. Yeah, it was a bunch of tubby white guys. An army of townies. It's so strange. (laughs) It was like they just got done mowing their lawn and their New Balances. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, God, and then I guess we finally make it to the lumber mill, which is where we learn is like the real operation, you know, the drug operation of the town is happening at the lumber mill. And really? I, well, I remember he walks through, there's all these like beakers and stuff. That's all I took. I mean, that's what I took from it to mean is that. Oh, there was like a like that was where the crystal meth was coming that's from. So subtle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess it's <laughs> weird because they get like this weird like Dwayne Johnson walks into this room. He's like coughing. And I guess that makes sense. I just thought it was like some sort of processing chemical for the lumber mill. Sure. Which, well, sure. An old it's just an old rundown mill. Like it, it's it, been closed <laughs> for five years and the lights are still on. So I guess that makes sense. The casino owner is just sitting there waiting for him, I guess, for a, who God knows how long he's been sitting in this lumber mill, uh, waiting for Dwayne Johnson to walk into a specific spot so he can pull a lever to release a trap door. Oh my gosh. It's like Austin Powers, Dr. Evil version of like, you know, he's like, stand a little to your left, a little further, a little further, and then he pulls <laughs> right. the thing. Like, it literally had to be that perfect for him to be able to activate this trap door, which, what? use would that be in a in a lumber mill a trap door right yeah why was it there are you what are they doing are they are they are they surprising wood what are you like what are you trying to do like scare some wood like what's going on i got just wood (laughs) i don't know it it just seems crazy he doesn't really put up much of a fight we get the scene of i guess it's kind of a callback of dwayne johnson breaking his leg uh we find out you know early in the movie in the football scene that he's got a bad knee and he breaks that leg, but then he resets the bone and is, is okay. I, oh, it's gnarly. It's but gnarly. as like literally as soon as he arrests the guy, the movie ends like two minutes later, we see a, a one single scene of Johnny Knoxville and Dwayne Johnson 
taping up the casino saying it was it's closed for business and then they get in the pickup truck and they drive off and that's the end of the movie yeah it's that and god charlie it sounds crazy but you are not exaggerating at all like an hour and 14 minutes in is when the final credits played it is absurd it feels like there were scenes missing or something like it this it feels like a direct to movie a direct to video type of a film like yeah i can't imagine having gone to a theater for i would have been upset because you pay presumably i mean this is 2004 so like maybe like 10 bucks for a movie and suddenly you're done like a little over an hour into it it's funny that you said that this feels like a direct-to-DVD movie because they made two sequels of this movie that were direct-to-DVD. Oh, my God. Uh, and uh, obviously Dwayne Johnson was not in either of those. But you're right. It just kind of seems like nobody was really trying. Like I said, I I think Dwayne Johnson did the best he could. Yeah, nothing ever really stands out except for how strange the movie is. It's like... It has the the setting. The overall setting is like as surreal as the Twin Peaks town is, but nothing that exciting ever happens. Like there's never any intrigue. And then the one main villain, you know, you never really even at the very end, I guess he's running the the sawmill with I, the drugs. But like, I guess, but it's not really even explicitly said. Like, I'm surprised that you even picked up on that. Really, he turns evil in that last fight. So at one point, he he says to Dwayne Johnson, "You know what my favorite sound is going to be? You screaming like a little bitch." <laughs> <laughs> See, that is a line from this movie. Well, it needed more of that. Like, it, there was no moments of joy in this film. There's nothing yeah, to it's like. Joyless. There's nothing to get excited about. Like, at least that was like, oh, here we go. Like, let's do this. But then, two and a half minutes later, the movie is completely done. When it comes to things that you liked about this movie, can you point to anything? Mm, I have to actually think about it for a <laughs> second. You know, Walking Tall comes in at a pretty interesting time in Dwayne Johnson's career. He had just done the rundown. The Scorpion King was before that. After this movie, he did Be Cool and Doom. So I think that this movie really represented him tr- Represented him trying to go in the vein of the rundown. Like I think that he recognized what his own strengths from the rundown were. And that's mostly kind of being this badass, you know, having great action sequences, you know, having a like a buddy comedy. Like, I think he recognized it, actually. A two hander action movie. Yeah. But I he just it just didn't come together. And I think a lot of that is because the director, you know, did Whitney Houston music videos before this. And the writer has never written anything significant in his life. Yeah. And the script is so flimsy. So I I have to say I like I think that this was a recognition by Dwayne Johnson of what he was good at. And I think that there's a lot of those elements today. I think you see a lot of the influences of this kind of movie today. But, you know, that's that's really me trying to extrapolate something here. Is there anything for you that sticks out? Yeah, I mean, we often talk about how a lot of these movies are 15, 15 20 minutes too long. This is the other side of the coin where it's like, oh, this is over way too quickly. <laughs> To the point where it's like, what actually happened? I mean, when you look at it objectively, it really is a story about Dwayne Johnson, you know, terrorizing this town. <laughs> right. Um, Destroying a small business owner. Yeah, essentially. Because now, oh my God. Yeah. Now, where are these people working? They don't have the sawmill. 
They don't have the casino. He just put hundreds of people out of a job. They have nothing. They have nothing. We <laughs> The only other business we even see in this movie for a split second is an adult video store, which is like Ooh. during Dwayne Johnson's like realizing that the town is corrupt is him like he sees like an adult video store and, a, and an unattended baby in a stroller. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Right. I mean, I I like the idea of Dwayne Johnson coming home to his hometown, like being a small town. I think that there's something there that would be interesting because he's such a larger than life character. The idea, I would like to see a movie where he does do that, come back to see, you know, normal people. Uh, but that's not really what we got in this movie. Now, Charlie, we, we have to rank this movie, but before that... It's time. I know we already mentioned this movie has sequels, but I guess the question is, would we want to see a sequel? And Charlie, the way we do that is our Franchise Viagra test. Franchise Viagra. First test for Franchise Viagra, we talk about charisma. Jordan, what do you think? I mean, I thought his charisma was fine. I kind of bought that he was uh, an Iraq War veteran coming home. Yeah, I, I I don't think he was likable, but I do think that he had a certain energy that really no one else in the movie had. So I, I actually found him, you know, pretty watchable, if not likable. Second up, hard work. I mean, I think for me, when you think about this early in his career, I think he's trying. There are some good action scenes, not a lot of lines, I would guess, not a lot of, um, like I said, narrative arc to his character. But he, I think he did everything that was asked of him. I agree. I, I think he was building off of the rundown and trying to be constructive in the way he approached this character. It didn't necessarily pay off, but I actually do think that, you know, even in terms of the romance weird sex angle, this is the first time we ever see Dwayne Johnson kiss someone. Oh, he was working real hard in that scene. <laughs> Emphasis that <laughs> on hard. <laughs> yeah, there that and the fireman stripping scene together. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's all you need. Um so I guess he passes that tenant of the franchise Viagra test. And the last one that we have to talk about here is physique. Honestly, I have a problem with it. Uh we don't see really I guess we get like one shirtless scene, but we've learned that Dwayne Johnson, when he came out of the WWE and into movies for the first time, he got breast reduction surgery. And this really seems like you can like kind of see those weird scars and strange unnatural ripples in his pecs, and it's distracting. Yeah, he looks tiny here. He totally looks tiny. He's wearing baggy jeans, but he's got a tiny little bod. He's got kind of that strange... This is like, he doesn't have a full head of hair like the game plan, but it's not fully bald either. It's just sort of stubbly and strange. His His overall appearance, I think it matches that of the townies in this weird little town, but it does not look like the Dwayne Johnson we're used to. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Uh, They do add some, like, Marine-style tattoos to him, which I think is kind of interesting, but they cover up the Brahma Bull. Uh, But for the most part, I would say that he fails this tenant. So overall, you know, we didn't love this movie, but two out of three means that he passes. But I guess that kind of makes sense. I would like to see this movie in the hands of a capable director. Yeah, it's a it's a cool premise. It's a very cool premise. The idea of him cleaning up the town is very fun. The damage he does is very fun. It's just never done well in this movie, but the idea was good, and I guess that's why, you know, this was a remake of an original Walking Tall, so someone did it right at some point, 
enough for there to be a remake made, but this was not it. So when it comes to ranking this movie among the ones that we've done, where would you slot it? For me, it's probably going to go uh, you know, towards the bottom. Yeah, Charlie, uh, this movie, you know, when it goes without saying it's going to go near the bottom of my list. Um, but I have to tell you, it's actually going to go at the very bottom of my list. This, wow. this is my new worst Dwayne Johnson movie. This, this to me makes GI Joe retaliation look like an Oscar winning, uh, <laughs> drama. This makes the tooth fairy s- seem like such a fun kids movie. And I, it makes me think of all the things I liked about those movies. This one has such, so many, so, so few redeemable characteristics for me that I have to put it at the bottom. And that's, that's what I'm going to do. That's, that's my new 24th Dwayne Johnson ranked film. Wow. I mean, I'm surprised. I, I kind of get where you're coming from. Uh, but first of all, you don't appreciate G.I. Joe for what it was. For me, it's in my top 10. So that's a problem for me. But when it comes like, but you have a point. This movie seems like it's not trying. At least movies like The Tooth Fairy uh, and even Race to Witch Mountain were trying something. This seems so middle of the road, so neither hot or cold that there's not a whole lot to like or hate about it. Like for me, Southland Tales is my last place, but we had more to talk about. Like it was insane and I respect it for that. But the way I rank my movies on here on Rock Talk is uh, if I'm going to watch these again. And I would rather sooner watch this movie than Southland Tales. So this is going to be my new number 23, just ahead of Southland Tales. Yeah, you so, could you could watch this movie three times in the time it took us to get through. Oh Southland my gosh, Tales. <laughs> literally three times. All right, gang, that is it for us. Thank you as always for listening. Uh, if you haven't checked out Walking Tall, you heard where we ranked it. Uh, you can get it for three ninety nine on Amazon. Not sure if we'd recommend you do that, but hey, check it out if you got literally nothing else in the world to do. It yeah, might be worth your time. What I would suggest time. actually is to to buy the DVD. And watch the alternate scene and then report back to us and let us know if it was any good. Uh, I don't want to put any more money towards this movie. <laughs> the the writer and director of this movie deserve no, not a dime more for I their I don't work. want this to be a situation where there's a sudden uptick in like DVD <laughs> right. or rentals of this movie to where people think that there's like increased... Uh, interest in this movie. Yeah, director Kevin Bray is going to get a phone call. They're like, we need you <laughs> to stop making Jennifer Lopez music videos. <laughs> get over here now. Uh, as always, if you, if you haven't yet, throw us a little follow, a little likey on some of our social media. We're at facebook.com slash rocktalkpod, and we're at Twitter at rocktalkpod, and also... We're on Instagram, and you can find us there at Rock Talk Pod as well. And if you haven't left us a five-star review on iTunes yet, I mean, honestly, what are you doing? Shame this on is, you. This is the season of giving, kind of, I guess. You know, it's always the season for giving. And why don't you just give us a little five-star review? It's the number one thing that you can do to help jabronis like us. Uh, join us next week, where we're going to be doing a mini-episode and talking about a topical rock topic of the week. We'll see you then, jabronis.